Interesting question that I, I read recently. What would happen if we treated our Bible like we treated our mobile phones? But I want to take it one step further. What would we need a bigger pocket? What would happen if we treated Jesus like we treat our mobile phones? Now, this this whole kind of talk for the next 30 minutes is, is a bit of an analogy, and I do recognize it's not going to be applicable to everyone, but um, if you can walk with me on this journey, uh, that, would be, that would be great. So, let me ask this question. Who has a mobile phone in here? Stick your hand up. Okay. Just keep your hand up. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. If you've got a mobile phone, keep your hand in the air. Like, wave it like you just don't care. Okay. Um, is your phone a smartphone. Keep your hand up in the air. If your phone is a smartphone. Okay, it looks like one of those with a big screen. You got one of those, great. Smartphone. Okay, have you got a, uh, put your hand, uh, keep your hand up if you've got a feature phone. So a feature phone is a phone that is in between, uh, it's not as good as a smartphone, it doesn't have all the features, it's, you can still get flip phones and things like that. Okay, so none of you, hands up if, you, if you've got a, what they call a dumb phone. A dumb phone. You like those? What's that? It, it, basically, on a dumb phone, is you make phone calls and, and texts. Okay, so there's three, there's three sections, there's three kind of divisions really of phones these days. There are dumb phones, there are feature phones, which are those that have like a basic operating system on them, but they're not quite a smartphone. Okay, so those are your, your three divisions. And look, smartphones, these things here. I mean, who's goes, wave, the, wave this in the air, wave it in the air. If you've got one, just wave it in the air, wave it in the air. There we go, look. Have you got any Androids in the house or is it just Apple? And Androids, you'll know what I'm talking about if, if you, there we go. Apple, yay, all right. <laughs> I'm not, it used to be called the, um, the, the, when the iPhone first came out, it was called the Jesus phone. Because it was amazing and miraculous. Uh, and so that's what his nickname, the Jesus phone. Um, listen, these things, if you've got one of these things, uh, well, some of you will know, um, it can do more than just make or receive phone calls. Um, like dumb phones, and it can do a heck of a lot more than these feature phones that are kind of in between. And it can lead to a life of distraction if we're not careful. Um, but it can also mean <laughs> it can also mean that our lives have become entwined with this little slab of tech, haven't they? And we find ourselves connected almost umbilically with our chosen mobile phone operating system. So here's, here's my question. What would happen that instead of the Apple operating system known as iOS uh, or the Android operating systems, which is pretty much everything else, what would happen instead of those, we'd installed a Jesus operating system? That's making you think a little bit, isn't it? Jesus said in, 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 in uh, version John 15.5, a few of the tech heads got that, I am the operating system, 
you are the smartphone. He who installs me and I in him are all your online accounts. Develops many apps. For apart from me, you are liable to crash. I'm going to leave that. Thank you very much. I'm done. I'm done. Good, good. I didn't think about that this morning. That's my writing project. Do Eugene Peterson and just rewrite the whole Bible like it's a tech manual. <gasps> no. John said, Jesus said in John 15, chapter 15, verse 5, he actually said this. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And for a brief, brief moment, let's leave this tech analogy behind. I'm going to come back to it and let's visualize this verse. So I'm going to read it again. I want you to maybe close your eyes if it helps. I am the vine. This is Jesus talking. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Back up. Back at our old address in Headingley, um, we had these, these, these tendrils of ivy uh, that, that every year would creep in from the next door neighbor's gardens. Anybody got that going on in your house? Yeah, okay, that's a few, yeah. And um, they, these, these tendrils, given time, they'd, they'd wrap themselves around the, the, the stone gate post and, and start kind of connecting themselves to the, to the pathway um, and they'd, they'd, they'd do it in, in such a tight way. And they got really suckered on. That actually, if you let it go and go and go, it takes a heck of a lot of time to get this, 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 these things away and off. And, and quite often, they've, they've, they leave like a, a shadow. I don't know what it would be, a shadow of their former presence behind that gradually washes and weathers away. Um, and, and, and I guess possibly the way that ivy grows um, is maybe the way vines grow. Maybe that's similar. They've got, both got tendrils, haven't they, that kind of reach out and, and, and go on? Go with me, Sarah. It's, it's all right. It's fine. This verse, this verse, I think, is suggesting that Jesus is, is that close. Is, is that close? Is, is that connected to us? Imagine being so... Maybe you want to close your eyes again. But imagine being so wrapped up in him that you couldn't possibly be distracted by anything in this world. There's, there's a power that we have access to and, and a confidence that we can walk in. If you're a believer this morning, if you're a Christian, there's a, a confidence and a power when we realize for real that we, we have Christ operating this deeply in our lives. So let's go back to that technology, which I'm going to keep on track now for the rest of this talk. Replace those vines, replace the vines with the, the connectivity of our smartphones, okay? And, and, and as, as, as Christians, we do have the Jesus operating system uh, installed. It's, it's switched on, and, it, and it's on full power. And, and do you know this? Do you know that our smartphone, so this, this, this phone right here, has thousands of times, thousands and thousands of times more processing power. That means the things that it can do, 
every kind of millisecond or even quicker than that, has thousands of times more processing power than the computers that sent man to the moon. Are you aware of that? It's astounding, isn't it? We, 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 we got to the moon on a computer that had kilobytes of memory. Kilobytes of memory. And I discovered the other day, here's something fascinating, right? The, they created software, so that the NASA engineers created software. And, 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 but the, they, they couldn't send their data disks up, because, you know, they're all the magnetic disks. They couldn't send those into space. So they created the data on, they literally wove wire on boards, so they had women in warehouses weaving wires onto boards, and every time the wire went through a, a little hoop, that was a zero, and when it didn't, that was a one, because basic computing is that it's a series of ones and zeros, open and close. So they literally wove the software into the circuit, on, onto the boards that sent man to the moon. It's astounding, isn't it? Brilliant. And, and some would say that's considered one of our greatest design and technological achievements. But we have the creator's operating system running inside us. And that's the one that created the moon. So how much more power then do we have access to? And look, even at its simplest use, a phone lets us do something wonderful, doesn't it? And it lets us keep in touch with someone else. And, and my desire for, for us all is that we regularly stay in touch with Christ. Okay, that little section, I called that smartphone or feature phone. My little section I'm going to talk about is don't leave home without it. Okay? And I asked earlier who owns a mobile phone. And, and a lot of you, put your hand up and you've got your mobile phone with you right now. Would you say everybody have your, has your mobile phone with you right now? Just put your hand up in there. If you've got your mobile phone with you right now, you didn't show me it earlier. Again, it's, I'd say that's 98% of us have got our mobile phones with us right now. How many of us... If we left our phone at home and we hadn't got very far, we'd turn around and go get it. Be honest. I'm going to give you a little while because I think it's more than that. Well, if you weren't far away, if you weren't far away. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 a, that's a good proportion of us. Because um, I definitely would. I, I, I would. I'd, even if I'd just gone down the road in the car, I'd come back and get my phone. How many of us then, uh, even if you're not that bothered, but you might feel still a bit kind of naked without your phone, a bit kind of lonely without it? Because if I've left it anywhere and I haven't gone back to pick it up, the amount of times I go, oh, you know, I put my hands about, oh, it's not there. Oh, what if somebody's contacted me? What if there's a notification? <laughs> what, if, what if something's happened in the world and I don't know? And then, and then you get home and it's nothing. There's nothing there. Nobody cared enough. Because here's the thing. We, a lot of us must, and maybe this is, yeah, the majority of people in the world, there's various statistics and surveys done in the, in the Western world, so in the UK and America, all that kind of places. Um, a lot of people have said they can't function properly now if they don't have their smartphone with them. It's just, just it. Uh, I'm not judging anybody by that. 
It's just the way that we are in today's connected world. It's just, just, it's just a fact, ladies and gentlemen, that, that we feel naked and a bit weird and a bit strange and a bit disconnected when we don't have our mobile phones with us. Generation Y. What generation is that from? What year is that from? Isn't that generation, isn't that millennium? That's a millennial generation. I'm a generation Xer, apparently. Don't know what that means. I'm very connected. I grew up, I grew up needing to make a phone call. That meant I had to walk to the end of the street and put two pence or one pence in the, in the, in the, in the phone and was devastated one year to discover that they blocked up the two pences and one pences and they only took fives and tens. And then a few years later, they blocked those up and could only take twenties, pence pieces. And then cards came along, didn't they? So I, I'm, I'm from that generation. I think millennial generation is from about 1984. So we discovered the other day, didn't we, Hannah? Yeah. Where am I going? All right, let's explore this thought. What would our lives be like if we felt the same way about Jesus? Might not apply to you all of you. I'm asking you to walk with me in the analogy and pretend you're with other people that are like that, that do feel disconnected, do feel naked when they don't have their phone. What if you felt the same way about Jesus? In the last part of that verse from John 15, 5, Jesus says, For apart from me, you can do nothing. Or, apart from me, you're liable to crash. If we fully understood, and and as a lot of us do with our smartphones, that without Jesus, we can't do anything. Not of any real value or consequence. I'm I'm throwing that out there. Maybe maybe we'd realise the difference we can truly make in shaping and changing our lives and indeed the whole world for the better if we really understood that without Jesus we can do nothing. If, 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 If you wake up rushed... And you leave your homes in a hurry and, for, and, 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 and forget to take Jesus with you. What would that be like? Would we, would we turn around and go home to get him? I, I know we're pushing the analogy, but go with it. Well, you know, do we ever feel naked when we think we don't have Jesus with us? I don't mean literally naked. Figuratively naked. You know, if we just don't have Jesus with us, where is he? Have I got him? Have I connected with him recently? The reality is that when we leave a lot of our home, leave our homes, a lot of us do check whether we've got our mobile phones. We do check keys, phones. And in fact, we don't just check whether we've got them. A lot of us do one final glance. <laughs> See if we've got any notifications or text messages or Facebook posts or Instagram, blah, blah, blahs. I know some of us don't, Josh, but. Here's the thing. How many of us, when we leave the house to start our day, don't even think about Jesus? I'm not expecting you to answer that question, but I'm throwing it out there. How many of us start our day and a few hours have gone by before we thought, oh, I I didn't even think about Jesus? But you've picked this up and you've checked it and you've probably gone on Facebook and other things. Can... Can days go by without giving Jesus much thought? But we keep our phones close by, just in in case we get that notification. The truth is that we need Jesus so much more than we need our smartphones. 
Number three, checking for notifications. Let's talk about that. Checking for notifications. How many times do you think you check? I'm going to ask a question. How many times do you think you check your phone a day or have a quick look at the notification you've just received? Just shout out some numbers. Have a little think. How many times a day do you think you check your phone? Five times a day. 40, 50. 20. One. Okay. Walk with me on the analogy. 50. There was a study done in 2015 in the UK. It's a recent study. The average person, this is the average person. Don't forget, the average person is unusual. The average person checks their phone 85 times a day. That's the average person. So that's taking those who look at it once to those that look at it 100 times. That's the average. So let's, it's probably, if you, if you had some kind of chart, it's probably more than that. It's probably way up here. But even if it is eight to five times a day, and say we're awake for around 15 hours a day, something like that, um, that turns out that we check our phones a minimum of five to six times an hour. And to be honest, I think that's too low. I think even those of us with feature phones probably check them a little bit more than that. That's amazing, isn't it? 85 times a day. Consider what our lives would be like if we called on the name of Jesus, prayed, asked, and talked to Jesus as many times as we do on our phone, we do to Jesus. Just, just imagine that. So 85 times a day we check that, but how many times do we talk to Jesus? Imagine how different things would be if we took him as seriously as we take checking our phones for notifications. I'm saying we, okay? So there's no pointy fingers. There's so many point fingers. There's four, three, pointing back at you. You know, so we always question ourselves. Jesus said in John chapter 14, And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The only way to ask someone something is to connect with them. So how about, how about this? Here's a challenge, and I've set myself this challenge as well. Okay? We use our notifications from our phones, just no matter what they're for, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, text message, email, Snapchat, and, and the rest of it. And, and when that goes off, we go, ah, I need to connect with Jesus. So that becomes a reminder. Beep, beep, oh, I want to connect with Jesus. Imagine, imagine this scenario, right? Imagine this thing. You might have even done it. I hope you haven't, but you might have done um, you're talking face-to-face with someone, and you're in the middle of a sentence, or they're in the middle of the sentence, and then you tell them to hold on while you check your text, your email, or simply read the text notification. So, how are you doing, Dan? Are you, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so things going on, blah, 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 blah. Man, how rude that is. That's at the very best, at the very worst, you've got some issues going on. And, and, you know, when we're in an important meeting, it's quite funny. We're asked to turn off our phones or put them on silent. But what's funny is that at every break, the first thing we do is check our mobile phones. You will do it in about 15 minutes. You'll check your mobile phone if you haven't done already. And honestly... I'm as guilty as you. I, I do that. I'll, 
I'll go to the toilet, I'll pick up my phone. <laughs> you know, what have I missed? What, what, what would the response be? Oh, it gets big when you turn it landscape. What would the response be? Instead of reaching for our phone at the break, we went and talked to Jesus. That we, we went somewhere less busy, maybe we closed our eyes and we began to pray. And we just, we just called him up for a chit-chat. How different would things be? Here's the other thing. The best thing is, right? The best thing is, you can even talk to Jesus while you're driving. There is, there is no law stopping that. A few years ago, you know, when the new finds were coming out. So if you, I was on telly when the first things came out about not not driving on your mobile phone, while drive, driving while calling and texting. They came down to the Carphone warehouse where I used to work, and I was on Look North. It's just local TV, folks, come on. But I appreciate the ooh. And, and I talked about, yeah, these are the various things you can use instead of picking up your mobile phone. Anyway, a few years ago, they, they, they increased the fines, didn't they, and, and the points and all that kind of stuff for using your phone while, while driving. And outside the Southbury Baptist Church in Headingley, I saw this sign. Beep if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. <laughs> thought that was great. <laughs> Beep if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. Because here's the thing, right? Your phone might be away while you're driving, and then it beeps. Oh, you're so desperate to check that notification. What point can I pull off? How long is it till I get home? I wonder what it is. I wonder, wonder what, is it, just a, is it just a post? Is it something important? What is it? How many of us, we feel almost obligated to check and reply to a message as soon as we get it? Liars. Thank you. That's one or two. I, as soon as I get it, I feel, I feel obligated. I'm not saying I do necessarily, but I feel obligated. Like I've got to reply to it. And what would happen instead, then, if we rushed to read Jesus' message? Just as we rushed to read the messages on our phone. And in case you're wondering, his messages are in your Bible. That's where you'll find Jesus' text messages. They're in your Bible. They're also on your phone in your Bible, but you get what I'm saying. And... and you know, you'll get those text messages when the Holy Spirit gives you a notification. Imagine what our lives would be like if we actually did respond to Jesus' messages every time we read them. So not only do you read them, but you respond to them. You do something with it. And you did so with an urgency that we might do with our mobile phones. Okay, here's the next one. Posting and sending encouragement. This is a big one for me. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You've probably heard that a lot. How many of us use our phones as a force for good? You've probably not even considered that. Maybe not. How many of you use our phones as a force for good? And I don't mean just to, this is the thing, not to moan or whine and post those updates that are begging for attention. You know the ones. Well, that didn't go well. 
What didn't go well? Silence. Or the other one. Well, I can't believe that just happened. What just happened? Silence. Then multiple friends. What happened? What is it? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I've done that. <laughs> I've done it in the past. I try not to do it now, but I have done that in the past. If, if you think you're doing that, have considered what you're posting because they are so... If, you're that, if your life's not that good, give me a call. Don't, don't post it on Facebook or tell people what it is. What would happen if in our connected world we use the opportunities that this brings us to send encouragement, graciously challenge, or just be joyful and make someone smile? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. What, if, what if we used our phones to impress upon the world our personality and our faith in Jesus? Um, the scripture says that we abide in him and he in us. And as I said earlier, for a lot of us, our physical lives are entwined with the virtual one. Made possible by the smartness of our devices. And our presence is everywhere, even if you don't think it is. If you've ever done anything online, if you've ever bought anything online, you, your presence is there now, forever, until the servers die. And even then, they've probably been copied onto another server somewhere else. From simple texts to social media posts, from that star rating on Amazon to our blogs and our vlogs, our lives are now so much more than just flesh and blood. It's an interesting way to phrase that, isn't it? Our lives are so much more now than just flesh and blood. So are we using our influence to exhibit the fruit of Jesus in our lives? John 15 says, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. John says, Jesus says we need to abide in him in order to bear fruit. John 15 actually says that we will bear much fruit, which in my mind is a lot. It's a whole, it's a whole big bunch of, of bananas right there. That's a lot of fruit. Um, and that fruit... That fruit shows that you're his disciples. That's how you begin to impress upon the world the love of Jesus. We bear fruit when we identify ourselves as his. In verse 16 it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So our mission is to bear fruit. Part of our legacy, part of our actual real legacy is now virtual. I've had, I don't want to get somber with this, but there's been a couple of people, young people who have died over the last five to ten years. And I can still go visit their Facebook page. It's kind of weird. They're kind of memorials now, so people post things about them. It's, it's weird. They're, they're, but in one way, they're alive forever. Virtually, they're alive forever because they were Christians. These particular people, and I know where they are now. But in just in this earthly realm, they're alive forever. They're they're virtually existing. So part of our legacy is virtual. Nothing ever disappears in cyberspace. You know, that lesson to the young people: careful what you're posting. Nothing ever disappears in cyberspace. So what we can do: let the fruit. Show that we produce. Be online. Be, be, be online, but be authentic and be real. 
be good. You could argue that our online world, we're so connected so deeply via our smartphones that, that, that we create an unreality. That the Instagram posts that, that, that we post just show the best of us. The Facebook link that we share shows how worldly wise we are. And to a degree, I really can't argue with that. It, it does. It does to a degree can create that. And there, there is an element of unreality about our online existence. So why don't we choose today to use our connectedness to show people Jesus? To, to be real. Note, not overbearing. Okay? Like, be the one that posts the occasional verse and the occasional picture verse, but don't do it all the time. You know, post the occasional inspirational quote, but don't do it all the time. I want to get to know you as well. I want to get to know the virtual but real you. So be with people where they're at, because people are online. Whether you like it or not, the millennials and them to come, that's part of their existence. And whether you're proud of your dumb phone or love your smartphone, our young people, that is part of their lives. And it is real. It exists. And as older folk need to learn to deal with that and not ignore it. And some of our younger folk as well. Now, there's no pressure, but we do need to learn how, how do we personally want to engage with that and not just push it to one side as if it's not important because it really, really is. Got 19 seconds. Mm. Um, I'm going to take a few more minutes than 19 seconds, so if that's okay. Here's the thing. The moment where the fruit of your relationship comes in, you can share well in how you respond as well. The testimony of his goodness and the kindness and the fact that he has said, despite what's going on around us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so we, we share the real us on social media and other ways, but we also share how Jesus is helping us through that. To a degree, however much of a degree you want to share. But it's just about being real and being authentic. Because if we're going to combat this, this unreality and, and, and giving our, our young people Real and genuine aspirations are not something that is, 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 is unreal. Then us as older people need to be putting something on there that helps them connect with it and make it a real part of their lives as much as this is flesh and blood. Do you, do you get what I mean there? Okay, here we go, here we go. Using Jesus in an emergency, this is the next one. We've discovered in modern times that our phones are really useful for emergency communications. No more running up the street to the, to the phone box to use the phone. How often do we reach for our phone in an emergency? How often do we do that? But then we also forget to call upon Jesus in an emergency. You know, quick, call the ambulance. Okay, yeah, that's probably a good first step. But do we forget the second one, which is now let's pray. Call upon Jesus. By his stripes we are healed. Call the ambulance, then pray. <laughs> that would be my recommended uh, priority list in an emergency. 
Because we carry our phones in confidence that, that in an emergency we'll be able to call someone for help. And the only things we have to worry about or not is whether the phone will work in the area that we're in, which they generally do now, or um, whether, and whether it'll make the call, whether the person you're calling, whether it's not an emergency in the world, you need an ambulance, but maybe you need to contact another family member, and they're in an area where there's, there's no signal. And guess, but the thing is, guess what? Guess what? Particularly if it's that scenario where something bad has happened, it's not physical, it's just you need to call somebody because it's not good. Um, guess what? You can call upon Jesus and you'll never get a busy signal. He'll always answer. He really will. You'll always have a signal. He'll never place you on hold. And, and most importantly, he'll never disconnect you. Yeah. Finally, pay as you go or contract. <laughs> I can remember when I got my first phone. It was many years ago now. When the world was black and white. No, I'm not that old. Um, it was on Orange, however. Remember Orange, the cell network, before it came EE and everything everywhere. Um, and I remember you used to go into the Orange shops and there'd be maps on the walls in those, those early days to show you their coverage. Because it wasn't very good. <laughs> so you'd have this little orange. Do you remember those? You'd have little orange things that tell you where they are, or whatever shop it was, whatever Vodafone or whatever. Tell you where their... their um, uh, signal was the strongest. And I remember it was 50 pence a minute. Yeah, 50 pence. It's, 90, it's early 90s. It's 50 pence a minute. Um, and uh, I could only afford a pay-as-you-go phone. So it was one of those early Nokias. It wasn't a suitcase phone. I'm not, again, I'm not that old. It was in the 90s, but it was a Nokia. It was a bit of a brick. Um, and, and so it's 50 pence a minute. So there was nothing chucked in with that. You know, and I remember my friend saying, can I borrow your phone? No. 50 pence a minute, and I put a fiver on it. Contracts didn't, didn't exist. That, that, uh, contracts did exist, but they didn't exist with any that had any minutes, if any. You kind of bought your phone, then you contract, and that was just to connect you. You paid for everything else. Do you remember, is this ringing bells with anybody who got some of those first early, early phones? Maybe, maybe you got 50 or 100 texts a month, you know, for like 40 quid a month. Something, I don't know, something ridiculous like that. And there certainly weren't any data plans. And, and, and smartphones and feature phones were really far off into the future. Phones when I was an 18-year-old were definitely dumb. Okay, they could make and receive calls and texts. What's that? Count the letters. Count the Anybody get really good at texting? Yes. Oh, my. I was like ninja. Yeah, you could do it blind, couldn't you? Send. You... you <laughs> It was really good. You couldn't do it now. I like to struggle to spell now because the spell check corrects my words, so I just move on. It's all right. And then you realize you've sent something that didn't say what you meant it to say. <laughs> oh, dear. The amount of... I don't know. I haven't sent naughty ones, but the amount of time I've kind of... Because I've I'm one of these people who's really... I, I really... If I've done something right, I really need to correct it. So even if I've spelt there without an apostrophe... You know, there as in they are... I'll send another word with an asterisk saying they are, so you know, even though you know you know. <laughs> or it's just me, maybe I need delivering from it, but hey-ho. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. So how, do I, how am I comparing a pay-as-you-go or a contract as to whether we're abiding in him? Where am I going with this? The thing, uh, let me ask questions. Are we committed to him? Are we committed to him? How much are we willing to invest of ourselves in getting to know him more. 
We showed last week, didn't we, those of you here, the various ways in which we can learn to be better disciples. All the various activities and disciplines that we can involve ourselves in. And there were things like praying, reading the Bible, uh, engaging with the local church, loads of others. If you remember that from last week? Okay, that's great. So, are we abiding in him, or are we just paying him a visit every now and again? In, in our analogy with the phone, are we prepared to put a signature on a contract and commit long term, or are we just paying a bit when we feel like it? Yeah, I'll repeat that. It's good. In our analogy with this phone, are we prepared to put a signature on a contract and commit long term, or are we just paying a bit when we feel like it? And listen, hear me well when I say this. Every analogy breaks down, even this one, okay? And Jesus has paid the price. He really has. And there's nothing more that we can do to have a relationship with him. Okay, there's nothing more to pay, there's nothing more to work out, and it's by the grace of God that we have full and open access to heaven. Yeah. I completely agree with that. My point with the contract and the pay as you go is a very simple one. It's just in ha- when you sign a contract, you're committed, and you can't get out of it. Pay as you go, you can take it or leave it. That's the, that's the part of the analogy I want to go. Are we committed to Jesus long term, or are we just dipping in and out when we feel we need him? Let me finish with this. I do apologize. I am now seven minutes over. I've got four more paragraphs, so you're okay. I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge myself that when I pick up my mobile phone, I'm going to take time to think about my relationship with Jesus. My first priority is to make my life one that people would be able to easily identify me as someone who loves Jesus. So in the real world and in the virtual one, you are in no doubt that I love Jesus. And I'm not embarrassed by him. I'm not going to shy away from the things that he thinks strongly about. I am that committed to my relationship with him. And I'll continue to post and text as I've always done, but I want to show fruit of my relationship with Jesus. I, I want to love others so that my life will be evident in the communication that I put out there. So I'm not just sharing pictures of my food, as nice as it is. But I'm sharing, it's a bit weird because I did the church thing as well, but I'm sharing church stuff. But I'm sharing other churches stuff. I'm sharing other, I'm letting people know, my family, my friends who aren't Christians, that I am I love him, and I'd love you to get to know him too. So I'm challenging you. Will you join me in that? It's not rhetorical. Will you join me in that? Try. Just try. Will you commit to talking to Jesus as much as you communicate on your phone? Will you think about whether or not you've talked to Jesus that day? And evaluate often whether you are truly abiding in him. This is what I'm committing to. I think that as we do this together, genuinely, as we do this together as a church, as Freedom Church, his presence in our personal lives will be much more evident. Our meetings together, like this one, will blow us away with the power of the presence of his Holy Spirit. And as a local church, we will see much fruit.
2017, a year of extreme fruitfulness. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.